But when we start to understand our own values and that that provides us with that support network for who we are um, and it enables us to be a little bit more clear about how do we make those decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis that are going to support ourselves. Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders and business owners with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. As a consultancy, we're here to help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you would like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the great pleasure of Sean Stansfield on the show. Uh, welcome, Sean. Thank you for having me, Julian. Yeah, it's good to have you. Good to see you this morning. Uh, you are the co-founder of, or one of the co-founders of Point3 Wellbeing. Uh, Point3 Wellbeing is a corporate training company that focuses on the mental health and well-being of the people in the brackets remote workplace, so wherever that may be. Uh, you spent 10 years creating high-profile sporting experiences for brands, including Adidas, Nike, uh, Nissan, and LucasAid Sports. And, and as a co-founder of Point3 Wellbeing, you, you host regular talks, workshops on well-being, mindsets, and how to optimize performance both in and out of work. And today, we're going to be tapping into your expertise and your experiences, and we'll be exploring uh, performance and well-being in the workplace, and sort of balancing that sort of goal achievement and the well-being of the staff. But we, before we get there, I just want to ask, uh, what do you love about what you do, Sean? Well, um, Julian, I think it's a really interesting question. It's always one for us to reflect on and just remind ourselves why we do what we do. Um, but one of the things that I absolutely love is when we're having these um, conversations, and I very much like to call them the conversations. These are those workshops that we're delivering with organizations. There is always that opportunity to learn something from someone that comes into that session. I very much position myself as a student of life. I'm I, you, you kindly described as an expert there, but actually um, there's always an opportunity to learn something and um, yeah, very much getting to open those eyes to someone else's perspective is, is always so interesting. So I love the fact that every day we get the opportunity to learn something a little bit new and um, take that into how we, uh, how we live our lives. It's great to have a, a learning mindset and uh, we know we're always on a, on a journey. Uh, just to tap into that a little bit and just that you uh, perhaps put you on the spot here a little bit what sort of conversation recently you've had that has made you think differently about you the world your different perspective that has challenged you made you think actually I've really learned something here today I don't know if anything Mm. comes to mind right now yeah well I'm I'm finding that actually one of the one of the great things that I've experienced over the past year is life has slowed down a little bit, of course, because of the pandemic. And that's given me an opportunity to pick up some more books. Maybe maybe I had that opportunity beforehand, but I've now made it a little bit more intentional. And it's enabled me to start to um, really look 
um, at things through so many different lenses, through all the different books that I'm reading. And that's then um, led to kind of conversations. So I always think it's worth taking someone else's viewpoint and then um, and then kind of putting it into your own life and then having that conversation with your partner or or a friend. So and one, one quick example is around um, values. What are the values that I live by? So um, there's a book that I've recently read by a chap called Mark Mason, given to me at Christmas by my parents. And um, it's very much uh, sets out the fact that without our understanding of our own values, it's very, very hard to live intentionally, to make Mm. simple decisions, um, because we don't quite know what direction we should be pulling in. But when we start to understand our own values, and that that provides us with that support network for who we are, um, and it enables us to be a little bit more clear about how do we make those decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis that are going to support ourselves. So I Mm. found that really interesting and just a nice um, nugget of thinking. I'm sure we'll, we'll tap into something about values as we start talking about sort of well-being and uh, in in organisations and in workplaces. Um, but I just want to just to start to explore how um, obviously organisations want to perform really well. They want to achieve. You know, they're set out there to deliver profits uh, and exist uh, and the purpose that they were set up for. Uh, so, can high performance uh, and well-being coexist without? compromise that's a massive question for you but we'll see where we go with that from a macro perspective for you i think it's a really interesting question and i think it's one that if i said no they fundamentally couldn't a lot of people would be pretty disappointed now i think high performance is something that really we should be looking at over a a long-term period rather than a single one-off kind of high performance peak that lasts for maybe a couple of months, maybe a year or two. Actually, if we're looking at high performance, it's probably something that should be considered over a longer term period. Um, And in order to achieve that, well, we need to be more balanced day to day, um, whether that's um, in the workplace or outside of the workplace, so that we've got the energy and the ability to sustain that performance. So that doesn't mean shooting for the stars for one day and then and then dropping away. It's very much around um, finding that level of performance that is um, something that you would class to be high performance, and looking at what are those things that you do that you can that can help you to maintain that. Okay, interesting. So you you sort of define high performance in more of a long-term perspective as opposed to a short-term view. How in an organization do we get the right perspective on what high performance is from a, I guess, from a business perspective, but also from an individual perspective? I think that's a really interesting question. And I think many of us will hear the word high performance and think we are all thinking of the same thing. But actually, every single person would have a slightly different definition for what high performance is. So I think the starting point for a business is to actually define what is high performance for you and then making sure that conversation has been laddered down to the rest of the business. So everyone knows what they're shooting for, because for some high performance might look like working 20 hours a day, um, five days a week. For others, high performance might be simply based on output. But. It's really key key for a business and particularly that senior leadership team to start to define what is that and to make sure 
everyone within that organization is very much up to speed with what is high performance within our business. What does that look like? And what are those, because by un, by understanding that, individuals can know what their role is to play into that to make sure their organization is performing. A very good answer, actually. I think it's important to ask that question about, you know, define high performance. And I, I work with a lot of businesses and before we even get to goals and more specifics, we always we always go back to the sort of core of their purpose, their mission, vision, however you want to determine it, mm-hmm. uh, which gives a more of a holistic direction or where we're heading um, rather than being caught up with the detail. Detail is important, but initially people need to be, I guess, captured by that bigger picture of where we're heading to, where's the sunshine, where we're we heading to for, for the sun. So that drops down to goals and goals can be great. And, um, and I, we all do set goals and we all push our boundaries of, of limitations, what we can do, but how do we do it in a way that doesn't do a trade off with our health, our, our mental wellbeing? Uh, Cause often we can get into a place where we're, I suppose, trying to achieve something, perhaps it's beyond ourselves. And perhaps we've, have we come up with things that are a bit too, way beyond ourselves and we end almost almost killing ourselves in terms of our health so how do we get that balance right of goal achievement and well-being not as an individual but also from a company perspective now goals is something i've been really reflecting on in the past few months and really trying to work out how healthy actually are they for us and i think where i've got to is very much this perspective around it has to come with balance all of these goals Actually, if we only pick a goal in a very specific area of life, and let's just take, for example, um, in the sporting world, because then it's quite easy to start to maybe put this um, thinking into other into other areas. But let's consider that we have a single-minded goal in the in the world of sport, which might be to achieve some very high level of physical fitness. Maybe it's running a very very fast marathon. Now, if all of your eggs are in that one basket of trying to become as physically fit as you can, well, actually, that will come at the impact of physical health. And this was something that I've only started to really appreciate in recent times, is physical fitness is slightly different to physical health. Physical fitness, yes, we may be able to achieve something in the short term, but it is very much around short term, whereas physical health is around the long-term appreciation of, of your body. But why is that? So with regards to physical fitness, obviously you're putting in place ways to really push your body in one specific area, which might be, for instance, to run as fast as you can. Now, what will be the things that you'll do in order to achieve that? Well, you might sleep a little bit less. You might cut back on your nutrition to try and become a little bit lighter, potentially. You might become a little bit self-centered and focused on your goal, therefore impacting your relationships with friends and and. Um, in the in the home space so actually all of those things can come at a impact to us and will naturally therefore impact our physical health now flip that into the workplace i think it's very important to have goals but at the same time it's about making sure those goals aren't going to be too heavily impacting us so is it going to allow us to live a sustainable and balanced life and i think that's the most important thing so having goals in multiple different areas is for me really really important okay so that's interesting because so having a goal in itself can be too polarizing that's what you're saying i guess in focusing on one area um how do we put play, goals in place that 
will stretch people or stretch the business, but still balancing it? Is it purely just spreading it across different aspects of your business or your health or whatever it may be? Because mm. um, this balance is a difficult thing. It always feels like a trade-off, but is there a trade-off somewhere or, or is that the wrong way of thinking about it? As in you give to one, it takes from another. Is that, is that how yeah. it works, do you think? Is it as simple as that? I think what we've got to remind ourselves is that there's 24 hours in a day, no matter who you are. And with that in mind, there's only so much time, there's only so much energy that we have. And so therefore, if we say have um, eight different areas of our life, we can't be at our absolute optimum in all eight of those. And those areas could be kind of quite holistically thinking, such as our relationships, the workplace and our career development, um, our our place within the community, our physical health, our mental health. So for me, what I always find useful is to have a goal in each of these areas, but to consider what does good look like? Because I'm not going to get 10 out of 10 across the board in all of these areas. So for me, it might be I'm aiming for eights across the board. And if there's an area that's showing up with a two or three or four, actually, maybe I need to take a little bit from another area and invest that time and energy in bringing this other area up so that I can be more balanced day to day, therefore helping to support me in, in a whole host of different areas. I think if we put all of our eggs into that one basket and that thing doesn't go as we'd hoped it would, then that can be incredibly challenging. So it's about spreading ourselves to be balanced and to, if one area doesn't go quite as well as we'd hoped, then actually that doesn't weigh so heavy on us. I guess you're talking like almost the wheel of life, really, in terms of plotting around uh, various aspects of our lives and what matters. And how do we deal with areas which we feel that are not performing as our expectation, even though we've perhaps managed our expectations? Instead of a 10, we've gone for an 8, and mm. suddenly we feel we're hitting a 5 or a 6. How do we deal with that? And that not just from a personal point of view, but within a business as well. Yeah. Well, I think actually, whether it's within the business place or um, on an individual level, actually having the awareness that something isn't maybe quite going to plan is is the starting point. Often our busy lives, whether that's in the workplace or, or, or outside of it, can can impact our knowledge of how are we actually doing in any specific area. And if we're not aware, well, then we actually have no chance of taking action. But once we're aware of that area, then it's it's up to us to make some decisions. How do we move forwards? Are we okay with where that's at? Or actually, if that stays where it is or potentially gets um, to, a, to a slightly lower place, what will be the impact of that? And then from there, it's all about taking those, those actions that are going to support you to, um, to, to kind of move forwards with that. And it probably will be, actually, we need to take a little bit from, from another area which is in a really high performing place and invest that time, that energy into this area to make sure that we, we kind of bring the tide up across the board. Now, I, I know you've done Ironman sort of, sort of triathlons uh, previously. I don't know if you're still doing or training for one this year at all. Um, now, having done one myself, you know, it's quite a consuming goal in terms of mm. a, a sport goal. I'd be intrigued just from your own personal perspective, how you manage to keep life together <laughs> in terms of work, family, relationships, leisure, timeouts, when you're yeah. training, whatever, 14, 15 hours a week, which is an awful lot of training. Yeah, it is an awful lot of training. Um, I think 
at different junctions in, in our life, it's important to work out what we actually want from that area of life. So previously, I took three months out to go out to Cyprus and train with a triathlon squad out there. Now, that isn't something I'd be looking to do at this point in my life because that doesn't fit in with my, my goals kind of across the board. And so probably as a younger as a younger chap i was very much focused on physical 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 what can i do to show off my overall kind of strength fitness and actually nowadays i'm very much looking at you know what if if that area of my life isn't performing quite as well as it has in the past i'm okay with that because for me it's really important to still have enough energy to show up in my workplace for me it's really important to still be able to um, manage the relationships with my partner and my family and my friends and actually, therefore, I've made a very conscious decision. The triathlon training, it probably was about 15, maybe sometimes more hours a week. Nowadays, it will be at eight to 10 hours a week. And I've taken from that to invest into those other areas, both time and also importantly, I think it's it's around energy. And I guess the other thing is very much about having that conversation firstly with yourself and then having that conversation with others as well as to how you want to invest your time and energy so that it's not a surprise mm. to others so that you're showing up intentious intentionally and um in a in in the manner that you'd you'd said that you would but it's kind of all out there so for me it's about communication as well mm. both in the workplace and outside of it um that's certainly one of the things that I haven't been great at in the past is about having that conversation but it's really it's, it's taken a lot of the pressure off and it's really helped and it's interesting having you a conversation with yourself as well and mm. i guess assessing what, what matters what's important but also giving yourself some slack that actually i'll not be able to perform as i did five years ago when i was giving 15 hours a week uh, than i am now and and almost giving ourselves being a bit more kinder to ourselves, I think often we're a bit hard on ourselves in terms of our, our delivery, uh, which is important. Um, just shifting it to, to a leader's perspective in an organization. Um, if they're thinking about you know high performance uh, within the organization, which I'm sure every leader is trying to drive to and make sure they perform themselves, but also their business and their teams perform really well. Um, what things do they need to consider in the context of looking after the well-being of their team? whilst trying to drive this high performance? Mm. Well, I think when it comes to well-being, we talk a lot about that kind of state of flow where you're happy, healthy, and thriving, both for an individual, but also for a business. And I think when we're considering well-being, that's not about that ultimate business fitness that's a very short peak. Um, actually, when we're looking at businesses, they go on for years and years. This isn't about, when we kind of bring it back to the Ironman, about a single day in our career that we have to be performing. Actually, this is over years. And in order to maintain that, that high performance, well, first, I think, as we discussed earlier, it's about defining what is high performance in our organization. And then it's about looking at all of those different things that we can do as a leader. Now, I personally believe that a business's um, position with regards to supporting their people with their well-being is to provide them with the space to do that. And providing them with that space to maybe um, go and think about what are those things that they, they on an individual can level can do, well, actually, that's all we as a business can do. After that, it's then over to the employee, the, the individual, to actually feel like they're empowered to then take some positive action mm -hmm. to be more balanced day to day, um, which will help them, of course, thrive and therefore perform in a sustainable way.
over long periods of time. So from a business perspective, it's about providing that space and, and that training. And then on an individual level, it's about feeling like you're empowered and then actually being the person that's responsible for taking the action. You talked about space. Um, what does space look like to you in the sense of well-being, what you've just said? Mm, I think space for me is providing um, myself with that capacity to go and spend you know, maybe that's 10 minutes a day, just reflecting. It's that, that sense that actually, whilst the to-do list might be long, we don't need to, we don't need to tick off everything that day. And actually as an organization, myself and my co-founders have all agreed that that's how we want to do business by providing ourselves with the opportunity to live our most balanced, healthiest, happiest, and off the back of that thriving, um, thriving lives. So it's almost giving people permission just to, I don't know, whether that's go for a walk or mm. just take five, 10 minutes to reflect on something before you go into the next meeting, that, that type of thing is that what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. It, it could be anything to, to anyone. All of these things will have a very different definition for each of us. But for me, that's what that looks like. In a, but I'm, I'm obviously in a fortunate position that I'm on a, in, in an organization of three. And so we have these conversations constantly where you're maybe in the, the larger organizations. Actually, that space may look like creating some form of conversation cafe that happens once a fortnight or once a month. And mm. you give um, uh, individuals within your organization an opportunity to come together and just meet over a coffee and have a um, and, and connect and, and talk about something that's not work related. It could be putting on some training. It could be showing that as leaders we behave in this way um which is a way that we would expect our our folks to behave in as well which might be shutting down the laptops at 5 6 p.m um mm. it might be taking yourself away from your desk in that lunch period whatever that looks like and we've obviously over years grown up with this sort of culture of you know you have to work hard to to be successful and you know it's all about long hours it's all about you know work hard play hard um and all about hitting your goals and delivering on that uh, and obviously now there's this you know whole thing about the four-day week that's sort of been sort of mooted um how do we change culture how do we change a culture in a business that perhaps is a little bit I don't know, rah, rah, rah about people staying there late or how many hours or what time they start this morning, that type of thing. How, how do how, how from a leaders do we sort of start to tip it the other way? It's not about just long hours. Mm -hmm. I think there's no silver bullet and there's nothing that's going to work for um, really well for one organization and then naturally that will work for everyone else. So I think when it comes to culture, it's the leaders that set the culture. They have the opportunity to set that culture. At the end of the day, um, in essence, it's their business. So they can decide whether they want you to be working long hours or whether actually they they believe that for their business to thrive, those it's not down to how many hours you're sat at your desk, but it's more down to how are you actually doing your business when you're at your desk. Um, but each each organization will have to decide what does that culture piece look like for them? Mm. What is it that they're trying to instill? And then the people within the organization have the opportunity to say, you know what, this is a culture for me. Or they have the opportunity to say, you know what, this culture doesn't fit with who I am, with my own personal values. And therefore, that's an opportunity to maybe move on. And I guess we've seen through things like the great resignation over the past year, this thinking where potentially more and more folks are realizing that 
if the mm, culture yeah. doesn't work for them, well, actually, they don't need to fight that culture because actually for many, it's not their decision as to how that culture shapes. It's the senior leader's decision. So potentially middle management and, and lower might decide, actually, I want to go and find the organization that um, lives and breeds the culture that I feel works for me and my own individual values. And so, yeah, I think uh, I think that's the... I think that's the thing, being very clear with what your culture is and then mm. give the opportunity to decide where they fit within that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm having lots of conversations with organisations and we're talking about getting more focused on on results as opposed to how you're getting there, how many hours people work. If they're delivering the results that you're expecting, obviously as long as that's realistic in the context of what you're giving them resources, focus on that more about are they knocked off at three o'clock? Well, they delivered what they were told to do and that's great give them some slack and they've got some freedom and it's empowering them as you said um what other things do we need to consider in terms of what might be obstacles if you're trying to change a culture if you're you might be a senior leader so you have that ability to change mm-hmm. what are the obstacles you may face in trying to get to a more of a not just a people focus a culture but more of a holistic well-being culture mm. I think when it comes to kind of holistic well-being, um, if you're a leader that is really interested in helping your organization to thrive and to create a culture that works for your people, you need to speak to your people. That's the only way that you can start to really understand what is going to work for you, um, for, for your whole business in its current guise. And so actually having that two-way conversation and saying, we're open to this, it doesn't mean that necessarily we're going to put in, in, install every single thing that you would like us to do, but it's about having that two-way conversation and actually hearing from your people, what are those things that are going to support them? And maybe it's about making sure that your people feel like they are trusted so that they can lock off at or knock off at 3 p.m. one day because they've achieved everything they needed to do. And actually by taking themselves off at 3 p.m., maybe getting in the winter, the last of that sunlight, getting outside, actually when they show up into the office the next day, whether that's the virtual or the real office, they're going to show up with in, in that state of high performance so it's creating that sense of trust for instance where everyone feels like they can bring their whole selves to work and that they um there is that belief there that they will be doing exactly what is expected of them in order to help that organization thrive but i think there's no there's no kind of one size fits all answer for this but i would say actually if it's about um if it's about creating that culture that's going to work for your people at this point in time, it's about having that two-way conversation and listening to your people and what do they need to feel supported so that they can then thrive. Mm. And just before we, we finish, what would be your one, it's not about silver bullets here, I'm not talking about one or the secret sauce, one sort of piece of advice to give to organisations right now at this time, 2020, to uh, have how to sort of balance that goal achievement versus uh, well-being of their staff uh, is it I mean, you've said a lot already about is there anything else that sort of springs to mind you think actually this is really important as well mm, i think it's about um, measurement of a whole number of different metrics and setting goals in different areas so for instance it became a bit of a realization for us at point three that maybe we weren't living and breathing this whole well-being aspect as well as we could because mm. we were actually only measuring a financial target year on year Now, actually, that didn't therefore give us the ability to really live a balanced life because we had to say yes to everything in order to achieve that single metric that we were focusing on. Mm. 
But if you're looking at maybe a metric of a financial target, that's your sat nav set for that, but also a metric of how are our people feeling within the organization, whether that's stress levels or whether that's joy levels, whatever that Mm. might be that you're measuring. Actually, it's about then balancing the two up in order to Mm. create what is in essence a culture that will support their people. Um, But also, of course, knowing that businesses have to make profit. So it will also intertwine with, uh, with the financials as well. So I think it's about considering a whole host of different metrics that you can that you can measure that aren't single-mindedly focused in one area because that then starts to come back to that physical fitness versus physical health. Actually, mm. by having goals across the board within that organization, that's going to hopefully lead um, to to everyone kind of thriving and being balanced and therefore um, feeling like it's a sustainable place to to work. Yeah, it's just interesting you said the word sustainable. Two words that come to mind with all this uh, goal setting uh, for high performance is make sure it's, it's sustainable what you're doing as you can go for the long term, but also have health. Um, and that could be financial health, social health, you know, your people's health uh, at the center of it as well, which are nice um, guide rails uh, to keep you on on track. And as I say, it's not just about the, the financials. Um, I've really loved our conversation today, um, Sean. Uh, thank you for your insights. Uh, if people want to connect with you, how can they get in touch with you? Um, so I've got quite an interesting name. Um, it looks like Scion. So it's quite easy to find me on on LinkedIn. I don't think there's many of us, uh, Sean Stansfields out there. It's about the way that mine is. So really easy to connect with me on there. Or you can go and find Point Three Wellbeing on um, Instagram, um, on LinkedIn. Um, and we're always open to having that conversation um, with, with you and your people as to what we can do to better support you. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's one that we are passionate about having. Well, thank you for your time today, uh, Sean. Much appreciated. Pleasure, Julian. Thank you for having me. If you like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a consultancy, we help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you'd like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com.